If you had to identify the cultural norms in your church today, could you do it? And if so, how would you do it? Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast, where we desire to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and I'm with Jason Williams, the Senior Pastor of Foundation Church. Today on the podcast, we're talking about identifying cultural norms in the church today. And specifically, we'll be talking about one cultural norm um, today on this podcast, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, But on the last podcast, we talked about creating culture and how culture is created. But we felt like before we could really talk about practical steps to take back evangelism, we needed to just be aware of how culture is created and also how to identify the norms in your church, to identify what's already there. What's already in the people's minds? What's already that people are doing? So we felt like that was something that you needed to be aware of. And awareness is the key to building a foundation of creating culture and also just knowing what culture is. Yes. And Austin, I think, as we said in the last podcast, the current culture that people have actually support or erode the culture that you're trying to create. Yep. And that's why awareness is so important. Uh, and I want our listeners to, to remember that there are four things at least that we know create culture. People's education, what they know, uh, people's experience, what they feel, what they've been through, what they're going through uh, helps identify and create a culture for their own life. And then their belief. We know belief drives behavior, and so behavior was that last component. So education, experience, belief, behavior – are the things that create culture, mm-hmm. but we have to be able as leaders in the church to identify what is the current culture of our people so that we can actually align, redirect, or even sometimes correct to get in line with the culture that we know needs to be created when it comes to evangelism. Yep. And so that's the foundation. And so before we could truly get culture right, you know, we have to answer two important questions. And those questions are, what are the cultural norms in the church today, and what is the culture of evangelism? Yes. So, Jason, how do you define cultural norms in general? We define cultural norms as a set of behavioral standards. And this is actually a definition that you can look up. set of behavioral standards that a society adopts as a whole and follows them when interacting with one another. So when we say, what are the culture norms in the church today, what we're really doing is evaluating what the church as a whole chooses to practice. How do, they, how do the people live from day to day? It's one thing to have a lot of excitement on Sundays and enthusiasm, but how do people live from day to day? And is evangelism being carried out? Are people actually sharing the gospel? Are people actually engaging others with the message of Jesus Christ? We, we have to look deeper than just the Sunday morning services And we have to look deeper than even just our small group gatherings to identify those cultural norms that may truly exist within the body. Yeah, and so it's something that was my immediate thought. You know, you have to look really below the surface. you got to look at what are people doing in the grocery store? What are people doing at home? What are people doing at McDonald's when they're in the drive-thru? And so you got to look below the surface. And so, you know, to be able to discern the cultural norms of the church, what do you feel like you have to do to be able to do that? Well, certainly you got to peruse more than just the website, the social media, the preacher sermons, uh, and even the vision statement. Uh, though we believe here at Foundation Church we have a powerful vision statement that can only be accomplished by God, you got to look deeper, and you got to look to past even 
desired outcomes to actual behaviors and experiences and practices of the majority of the church currently. What's currently taking place when it comes to their behavior? How people truly live from day to day. We realize that evangelism is all about a lifestyle, lifestyle evangelism. That's why scripture says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. That it's not just me telling you the story of Jesus, though I must do that, it's me living it. Yeah. And so as we're looking deeper, what are the specific things we're looking for? Whenever we're looking for the uh, trying to build this evangelistic culture, what are we looking for whenever we're trying to identify what's already inside the church now? Well, we're looking for those cultural norms. And so in the book that I've been writing uh, on Multiply, uh, I began to break down this component of the education, experience, beliefs, and behaviors and then I just looked a little bit further and said, well, how do you identify cultural norms in the church today? And so there are three things at least that I came up with. You have to look at current patterns because cultural norms are a set of behavioral patterns. Then you have to look at problems. And also you have to look at people. So you look at behavior, you look at problems, and you observe people. That helps you build this understanding. What are the cultural norms that exist in the church currently? So the three trends that we're looking at, the first one is patterns, the second one is problems, and the third one is people. So today we're going to talk about patterns. Um, So how do we identify the patterns? What are we looking for with the pattern that people are living, the day-to-day life they have? How are we looking at that? You know, what, what questions are we asking? Yes. Well, we've already probably said this in many different ways, but just to be clear and specific, we're saying what is the majority doing? You know, when you survey the body, uh, let's not just look at 5% or 10%. uh, Let's look at 90 to 100%. And let's ask, what is the majority doing? Because that's your cultural norms. Uh, But also we have to look at what are those involved doing? So we know there's a gap that, that many actually sit in rows, they sit in chairs, they don't really get engaged, they kind of spectate. But when we look at our, those that are involved, what are they actually doing as well? We typically think that those that are involved are on the front line. They're really, you know, evangelizing and sharing the gospel, but it may not be so. We have to look deeper. Again, what is the majority doing, but what are those involved doing to truly understand the patterns? Yeah, and so when you saying this, it makes me think of kind of an, an analogy for this. You know, when mentally we develop patterns in our thinking. You know, this is something that, you know, as we study psychology, how we think, what we think, um, this is something that is evident, um, is something that is there. And so we have a pattern for thinking. And this is why um, certain individuals will view certain situations in a negative light and certain ones will look at it in a positive light. Um, Because your pattern of thinking is already, um, if you have a negative way of thinking, um, that's already, it's a pattern of thinking you have, so you tend to go that direction. Well, we we call that an optimist versus a pessimist. Yeah. And that thought pattern, whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, if you see the cup half empty versus seeing the cup half full, you've oftentimes develop that thought pattern over time. Maybe your beliefs, maybe what you were educated and how you were educated, maybe your parents or your grandparents, whoever may raise you, maybe they were very negative on life because they went through so much hardships and the experiences you've had and the problems that you have faced 
have caused this thought pattern uh, in, to develop. And so maybe you're not an optimist. Maybe you would look at life as a pessimist. And that also can affect our view of evangelism. Uh, if, if I have a pessimist attitude when it comes to evangelism, and nobody really wants to hear it, nobody really cares, you know, what's the real use, then that will affect how I evangelize and if I evangelize at all. Yeah. And so, I mean, it can become to this thing to where if it's a pattern that's already developed in our mind, it's so much easier to go to that direction. So when you're looking at the culture of the church, if this is something that, okay, there's one thing your church has always done, it's easier for people to follow what that pattern's already been set. And I feel like that may be the downfall to where we lose evangelism. If you have a culture in a church that is not used to going out in the community and not used to training people and training people within the body to be able to go out, then it's just going to be easy just to kind of sit stagnant and to become consumerist. Yes. Um, and that, that's something that I feel like we're failing at as a church. And I'm young, but I've seen it ever since, you know, when I got saved when I was 14. I've seen it in the culture. It's embedded in most cultures um, in the church and really in the church in general. Yes, it is. And so, you know, what is a, an example of a negative pattern? Okay, when we're looking at the, um, the negative trends in the church today, uh, what are some examples we can look at as far as an examples of patterns affecting in a negative light? Well, I think you can look in the New Testament to see Jesus and how he addressed the religious leaders. The religious leaders and their traditions were a negative. Um, it wasn't that all of their traditions were bad. It's just they were more married to their traditions than they were God. And that was the danger. But also you see that the religious leaders got upset because their tradition, remember Jesus actually has to deal with the religious leaders because they're getting upset because the disciples don't seem to be following the traditions, the customs of uh, Judaism. And so what we find is, is that Jesus has to combat this. Uh, and I think it's important for us to remember that belief follows behavior. And what we do consistently reveals what our pattern is. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about that in the last podcast. It ties together. I mean, it really does. You can see almost like a line of how this is coming together. Yes. You know, whenever we're talking about it. And so, you know, what would you say the church church's culture is today? What would you define it as? Uh, of course, this is an objective opinion, and I think we need to be clear about that because there are some things only God knows. Uh, he knows people's hearts where we are observing, and so we want to do a, we'll put in a word of caution here that we're not so focused on others that uh, we take the place of the leadership of God and God's authority to judge or discern what's really going on inside of a church. But we also try to practice discernment in leadership. And so kind of keeping our finger on the pulse of where things are. And so I really feel like the American church at large spends most of their time maintaining its buildings, its bylaws, its budgets, its Bible study groups, planning events, and some miraculous way of getting more people involved or to attend the church. And I want to say that these are not bad things in and of themselves, but they shouldn't keep us from the main priority. And if we're not careful, we could become just like the religious leaders in Jesus' day. They made all these rules that Jesus actually comes in and says, you make the word of God of null effect, uh, null and void, because you're so married, again, to your customs and traditions that you've lost your heart for God. And that's what we want to make sure we keep the main priority, God and the mission of spreading the good news 
around the world beginning in our communities. That's what we're truly married to. Uh, we're married to God, not our customs and our tradition. Yeah, and so that's saying we have to keep the main thing the main thing, right? And so how would you suggest we do that? I know there was a story uh, you mentioned in this book about when you were 19 and you went home. Um, could you share a, bit, a little bit about that to help kind of help you recognize, you know, what was the, the main priority, why I was there? Well, I was, I was traveling to a church, and I was a part of a church that was not my home community. Uh, actually drove about 30 minutes away to go to church, but I knew that's where God wanted me to be. And God taught me so much about the work of evangelism uh, while I was there. And actually, we were going out that particular time. This is before 9-11, and we were actually going out evangelizing, going door to door. And I remember coming to this home, I was scared, I was nervous. I still get that way today, by the way. But I remember saying, you know, I know that we are called to go. And so I want to reach out to this community. A little did I know that it was going to be a divine appointment. When I knocked on the door, uh, the wife came to the door and we told her who we were. She says, thank you for coming. Can you come in? My husband's close to death. He's sick. He can't get up. He's in the bed. Can you come talk to him? And that day I walked in this room and here was this man close to death, still able to carry on a, a conversation with me at this moment. And he shares with me how he had been praying that God would send somebody so that he could talk to them and get, and get right with God. Uh, he knew that he was close to death. He knew that he was unsaved. And that day he gave his life to the Lord. And I remember thinking, man, you just really don't know the importance of just a simple act of obedience. Going and knocking on a door or starting the conversation or reaching out to your neighbor, maybe baking them a cake and, and, and sending a note with it where it says, I just want you to know that God loves you. You, you never know. Don't underestimate the power of a moment and what God can actually do. And that started creating this hunger, this excitement in me that every day I need to live with this intentionality. It needs to become a pattern in my life. And the reason it needs to become a pattern is because I love God and God loves all people. And he sent his son so that people could be saved. And he sent the church to develop this lifestyle, this pattern of advancing the gospel. And I realized that in that moment, the urgency this guy was close to death. What happened had we not been there? What have we not been sensitive to the Lord and, and went and knocked on this gentleman's door? I think about that a lot. And I, and I think the church needs to remember we we're all saved because somebody else shared with us. And we need to develop a habit and a pattern that we're willing to share with others. We can't get so caught up in trying to maintain the church that we lose sight of our mission. Uh, that's when we get it confused. Our mission is clear. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That is the culture of disciple-making. And as we break it down here, when we look at the life of Jesus, we say that means intentional relational investment, that you, you've actually got to live it out. You've got to make it a pattern. Yeah, and uh, that's a powerful story, you know, and it's created a pattern. And so, you know, to review, as you're trying to create that culture, um, whether it's an evangelistic culture or just culture in general, you have to identify the current culture, you know, by identifying these cultural norms. There's two more we'll talk about on the next two episodes, but this one, just remember this, identify those patterns. You know, what is the majority doing? What are those involved doing? And remember, the beliefs follow behavior. You know, Jason sharing this story, it took 
all that had been in his life to this point, and it was almost like the light bulb went on, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes, absolutely. The light bulb came on, and, and I realized this was the mission of the church, um, you know, to proclaim the gospel, to, to go out into the community, not just be in a Bible study group as important as that is or attend worship services as important as, as, as that is, but actually go and actually engage people with the message of Jesus Christ because, you know, we, we have to realize God saves them, but he uses us as tools, as instruments in his hand. And, you know, every day when we share the gospel, we're throwing out a lifesaver. You know, we're throwing out that lifesaver that can rescue people, and his name is Jesus. Yep. Don't underestimate the value you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Uh, understand your importance every day and seek to be sensitive to God and share the message of Jesus Christ. And if you're trying to develop an understanding of what are the cultural norms in your church today, do a survey. Uh, actually get in your Bible study group and actually ask questions like, uh, on a consistent basis, do you find yourself trying to gauge others with sharing the gospel? Um, when's the last time you told your testimony? Um, when's the last time you actually asked someone, if you were to die tonight, where would you spend eternity? You know, actually engage your body because that's a discipling moment. And if you're a small group leader, that's something you can do. You don't have to wait on your pastor. Uh, you don't have to wait on a church leader. That's something you can do now to help understand what are the current patterns. You know, if, if you're a Bible study group, uh, you're having great Bible study times, great prayer time, but you're not seeing an outreach effort then you gotta, you got you to gotta identify that's a pattern. Uh, we're willing to study the Bible, but we're not willing to engage the culture. So what we've got to do is change our pattern. Why? Because we love God and God loves all people. And so our motivation is love. Our motivation is obedience. And so you change that pattern and uh, so that you can have an evangelistic culture, the culture of the Great Commission. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast. Please be sure to like, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and on social media. Also, don't forget to check out our app where you can listen to messages from every Sunday and also listen to this podcast on the go. We'll see you next episode.